Hello everyone, and welcome to the Commander's Forge. My name is Andy Bentley, and the Forge is an area for me to talk about magic, commander, and anything else as I try and survive this crazy world and drink my mental stuff out of the gutter. Now, I was unable to attend the event in Philadelphia this weekend. I really wanted to go, but I just I sat down, looked at financials, and realized there was no way I was going to be able to swing it. But I do hope that everybody that went had an amazing time. I have been following along vicariously through Twitter. And yeah, so I do hope everyone had a good time. And I'm sad that I didn't get to go. Now, what I really want to talk about today is, well, colors. In particular, one color. I want to talk about black in Magic. You see, anybody that knows me or has known me in the Magic community realizes that I am a black mage at heart. This is further supported by the parody account I made on Twitter, which is, you know, Mono Black Border. But we're not here to talk about that. I love the color black, but I struggle to make Mono Black decks because I feel like they end up being too strong. And I have been trying to, like, power down my stuff. Not too much but like just more to an enjoyable level and I find that hard to do with black because I don't know I just I start looking at black and it just all kind of falls together no matter what theme I'm going for and I've tried several different iterations in the past and so far none of them have stuck I am working on a new mono black list. It might fall into that same vein, but I am gonna I am gonna talk about that in the next part of the podcast. So as far as my views on black as a color is it's meant to be well avarice, you know, what you have I want. And I can do anything you can do. It's just going to take me either an increased amount of mana or an addition of life. And it's that self-sacrificing side of black that really calls to me, right? Not to say I don't have affiliations with other colors, but that's the one that I gravitate to the most. And, yeah, so that's just kind of my little philosophy on black. And I hope that I can sit down and make an enjoyable mono black deck that doesn't just feel like a slog to play against. So here's hoping, and we'll talk about it in a minute. I'll be right back. I just want to take a minute to tell you about my Patreon. I know times are hard for everybody, and I know it isn't easy to shuffle around bills and stuff. Believe me, I know that. But 
If you would like to help support the podcast, you can find the links to my Patreon in my link tree, which is always put into the description of either the video or the audio, wherever you're listening to it. It would really mean the world to me. Honestly, I'm just struggling to make ends meet most weeks, but that's it. That's all. If you want to help, the links will be where you can find them. And welcome back. Now, I promised you a mono black deck that I'm working on. And it is built with some of the pieces from the last mono black deck that I tried building, which was Caravec the Spiteful. And it just kind of, meh, didn't work out the way I wanted it to. So what I ended up building was Ayara First of Lockthwain. She is 3 black mana for a 2-3 elf noble. Whenever she or another black creature enters the battlefield under your control, each opponent loses one life and you gain one life. You can tap her, sacrifice a, another black creature to draw a card. Now, with her, we're also running Bantu's Monument, which is her, but not. Uh, so it's a 3 mana and artifact black creatures you control cost one less to cast and whenever you cast a creature spell each opponent loses one life and you gain one life with hers being an enters trigger and bontu's monument being a cast trigger it means that bontu's monument doesn't trigger off of tokens or like things entering from the graveyard uh but speaking of tokens the number one token producer we have in here is going to be bitter blossom it's one and a black for uh, enchantment at the beginning of your upkeep, you lose one life, put a 1-1 Black Fairy Rogue Creature token with flying onto the battlefield. So with Ayara out, you pay the life to put it in, then it enters, they lose a life, and you regain the life that you just paid into it. Uh, a lot of the uh, usual suspects you're going to find in this deck, things are uh, like aristocraty. Uh, with things like Zulaport Cutthroat, one in a black for a 1-1 human rogue ally. Whenever it or another creature you control dies, each opponent loses one, you gain one. Uh, Falconrath Noble is three in a black for a 2-2 vampire with flying. Whenever uh, Falconrath Noble or another creature dies, target player loses one life and you gain one life. Vindictive Vampire is 3 in a black for a 2-3 Vampire. Whenever another creature you control dies, Vindictive Vampire deals 1 damage to each opponent and you gain 1 life. Then you get into a couple of the bigger ones. You have Massacre Worm, 3 black 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 for a 6-5 Worm. When it enters the battlefield, creatures your opponent's control get negative 2, negative 2 till end of turn. And whenever a creature your an opponent controls dies, that player loses 2 life. Coca Show the Evening Star is 4 black black for a 5 5 dragon spirit. It has flying, and when it dies, each opponent loses 5 life. You gain life equal to the life lost this way. Uh, Bastion of Remembrance is 2 and a black for an enchantment. When it enters the battlefield, you make a 1 1 white human soldier creature token. The token itself doesn't trigger Ayara because it's white, but whenever a creature you control dies, each opponent loses 1 life and you gain 1 life. Then we get into some of the more utility stuff we're running, and that starts with the uh, Transmorgant's Crown, which is a two-mana uh, equipment. Equipped creature gets plus two, plus zero, but whenever the equipped creature dies, draw a card that has equipped for two or a black. Skulk Lamp is 
well, skull clamp. One mana and uh, equipment. Equip creature gets plus one, minus one. Whenever the equipped creature dies, draw two cards and it has equipped for one. And then we kind of get into like the effects we have for things dying. Uh, so it starts with Pawn of Ulamog, one black black for a 2-2 Vampire Shaman. Whenever it or another non-token creature you control dies, you make a 0-1 Colorless Eldrazi spawn. Uh, Midnight Reaper is 2 and a black for a 3-2 Zombie Knight. Whenever a non-token creature you control dies, it deals 1 damage to you and you draw a card. Grim Harrowspex is 2 and a black for a 3-2. It has more for a black. Whenever another non-token creature you control dies, draw a card. Harvester of Souls is kind of like their big brother. It's 4 black black for a 5-5 demon with death touch. But whenever another non-token creature you control dies, you may draw a card. So that one triggers off of your opponent's stuff as well. Uh, and then, kind of the last thing I really want to talk about and kind of keep this uh, relatively short episode is the the ways we're going to be returning creatures to the battlefield because there is going to be a lot of looping of creatures. First up, we have Tenacious Underdog. It's one in a black for a 3-2 human warrior, but it has Blitz for two black black and pay two life. More importantly, you can cast Tenacious Underdog from your graveyard using its Blitz ability. Uh, Strands of Night. Is two black black for an enchantment. You can pay two black, pay two life, and sacrifice a swamp to return a creature card from your graveyard to play. Command the Dread Horde is four black black for a sorcery. Choose any number of target creatures and/or planeswalker cards in graveyards. Command the Dread Horde deals damage to you equal to the total converted mana cost of those cards. Put them onto the battlefield under your control. Now, obviously, I'm not going over everything exhaustively because I don't I don't do that really but I do have two cards that are essentially the finishers that everybody knows and everybody hates they are Torment of Hailfire and Exsanguinate Torment is X black black for a sorcery repeat the following process X times each opponent loses three life unless that player sacrifices an online permanent or discards a card and Exsanguinate is X black black for a sorcery. Each opponent loses X life. You gain life equal to the life lost this way. So, yeah. They're the normal mono black finishers. I tend to try and hold off casting those until the game has been going on for, you know, 10 turns. When the game really should end. And uh, we'll see. We'll see exactly how this works. That being said, that's it. I'm done. It's a nice short episode this week because I have so much stuff to get done. So with that said, I will see you next time. Thank you for listening. All of my links can be found in my link tree in the description below. I would like to thank Ian Foss and Cody Mulpey of the band The Crypt for allowing me to use music for my opening and ending, along with Nate and Erica Jacobs for making my original logo. And I would also like to thank Christina McNichol for creating my new logo. And I'll see you next time.